welcome to the Research Works podcast. My name is Dr. Dana Poole and I get the privilege of bringing to you a very special series this week. I am here in Slovenia at the European Academy of Childhood Disability interviewing the researchers and presenters about their work. This is very exciting and I can't wait for you to delve into this whole research conference series. We hope you enjoy the series. Welcome back to ResearchWorks podcast, a special edition here at EACD Slovenia 2023. I've had the best time talking to so many incredible people. I've met so many amazing people at this conference, and I'm so glad that we get to bring this to you. Um, I've been interviewing people not just on the presentations, but on posters as well. And this poster really stood out to me. So I really want to speak to you guys uh, all about this particular poster. So welcome to the author of this poster, Ank. Anka, uh, uh, I sort of, I so had it right before and <laughs> yeah. I told you I would panic. Exactly. No, it's not. Arkestan. Yeah. Anka Arkestan. That's perfect. <laughs> it's okay. It's a difficult name. <laughs> Again, you're all very, very kind. Um, PhD candidate from KU Leuven. Yeah, and true. so a physiotherapist by background and uh, and found yourself doing a PhD. How's that process been so far? Um, it's quite good. Yeah. Uh, I'm in my third year of the four, t- four years. Wonderful. Um, so I actually could do already um, many things for my PhD. It was already a very interesting journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really like uh, doing research and doing something that can be very meaningful for, yes. um, yeah, actually for the population, for the communities. So yeah. that's um, a great opportunity that I have to do this PhD. That is so yeah. wonderful. And that that sort of passion uh, behind all that really comes through in, in this kind of poster you put up. So it's titled Physical Activity Participation in Adolescence with Autism Spectrum Disorder, Barriers and Facilitations, a Qualitative Study. Uh, it's just so important to understand this area. Why yeah. did you decide to look into this specifically? Well, we actually know from uh, the literature that Adolescents with autism spectrum disorder, they have uh, persistent deficits in social communication interaction, mm-hmm. and they also have uh, or show restrictive patterns of interests and activities. Um, but we also know from the literature that they often have um, motor skills difficulties mm. and uh, often have um, comorbid conditions and both physical comorbid conditions like overweight and obesity, um, metabolic disorders, but also um, psychiatric comorbid conditions yeah. like um, ADHD, obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety and depression, which actually makes them a very vulnerable population um, for certain lifestyles behaviors, such as physical activity. And I think, or I hope that everyone knows that physical activity (laughs) is something very important for our physical and our mental health. And um, yeah, a, a, yeah, a lot of uh, meta-analysis also demonstrated positive uh, physical and mental health effects of physical activity in mm-hmm. adolescence. But we know from um, evidence-based literature that um, the physical activity levels in adolescents with autism spectrum disorder are significantly lower compared to their uh, neurotypically developing peers. Mm. But we actually still don't know um, why they are less physically active. Yeah. And in order to better understand their physical activity behavior, we believe that it's very important um, to better understand the barriers and the facilitators yeah. they experience. Yeah. Um, 
And previous qualitative research actually mainly focused on the perspectives of the parents, sure. which is also, of course, very important yeah. because they play an important role. Yeah. But we believe that if we um, yeah, explore their own experiences and perspectives regarding the barriers and facilitators, that it can help to better understand their physical activity behavior yeah. on the one hand, but on the other hand, also to facilitate um, the design of evidence-based and ASD-specific physical activity interventions to yes. um, promote or to increase their physical activity yes. levels. I think that's so important. And we've been hearing that a lot through this conference, haven't we? Like we we know, like you said, it's so important to be physically active. So we can't yeah. just say be physically active. We need to understand, no. you know, why is it why is it difficult? And we need to then tailor our interventions by understanding that. Otherwise we're actually never going to reach the people that we're trying to, to support yes. a healthy lifestyle. Yes, yeah. exactly. And we also see like um, many um, other um, um, studies all already um, tried to design good um, physical activity interventions to yes. um, to yeah improve or to better their physical activity levels. But yeah, there are still some gaps that we yeah. still need yeah. to, f- to fill in, and yeah. so that's why we really wanted to to better explore the barriers and the facilitators. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's really great. So yeah. when. And I guess that relates so well specifically to this population as well. Like you described before, there are some things that are very specific for children um, living with ASD. So what were some of the things that really stood out to you about perhaps maybe let's start with the barriers first so we can really understand what those might be. What were the things that really stood out to you about that? Yeah, I think it's maybe first important um, to say that um, in this qualitative study, we did not only look like just like uh, to physical activity participation in general, Mm -hmm. but we opted to choose for um, looking at the experience barriers and facilitators in three specific physical activity contexts. Okay. Because um, we thought like, yeah, or we believe that physical activity barriers and facilitators can be context specific. For example, adolescents with autism spectrum disorder may experience um, different barriers and facilitators in a sports club or during physical education classes uh-huh. compared to unorganized physical activity that I just see. take during leisure time. Like, okay. I just go for a walk or for a run. So that's why we looked at um, the barriers and facilitators in the three specific physical activity contexts. But I think it's, I don't have time to say (laughs) that all, but um, to summarize the the most reported um, barriers in all the three contexts were very often um, a lack of pleasure experience. Um, Yeah, exactly. So we also asked them, do you like physical activity and do you think physical activity is important? And um, the majority of um, our participants said like yeah I really like being physically yeah. active yep. and uh, they want to do it exactly yeah. and they also are aware of the of the benefits of sure. physical activity yeah. but they say like yeah it's very often that that I that it's not fun to me uh, because of probably other related um, barriers such okay. as um, yeah, what we also did in, in our qualitative study is that we um, based our um, interview guide on the socio-ecological model. And that model says that a person's physical activity behavior, it's not only influenced by individual factors, um, mm. such as their motivation or their age or their self-esteem, but also um, social factors, such as social support, environmental factors, such yeah. as the temperature, the location and policy yeah. factors. So with regards to the individual, 
individual factors, um, a lack of, of time because of school duties um, okay. was very often reported. Also, um, a lack of uh, motor skills, and that's what we know from literature that yeah. they often okay. have difficulties in the motor skills domain. And they also reported by themselves, like I feel that I, I don't have um, the level of motor skills that other. Um, peers have yeah. to participate they're in. so aware of that yeah, yeah. they're so aware of that okay. um, at a social um, or, or the yeah the intrapersonal level um, a lack of social support was very often reported uh, like I don't have um, a friend to participate with and I would mm. love to to do some sports together with a friend but mm. I don't have a friend to do it and yeah I don't really have the motivation to do it all alone mm. so that's what was also very often reported as well as a lack of, of their social and communicative skills. So they yeah. say, like, I'm aware of the fact that I don't have good social interaction skills sure. or that yeah. I have difficulties communicating with someone else and that's very difficult okay. in, in a physical education okay. context. Yep. At an environmental level, um, a lot of, um, yeah bad weather conditions and temperature yep. um, as well as too crowded places, too noisy and so on was very often reported yeah. and at the policy level also um, disadvantaged rules like that they don't have all the physical activity opportunities mm. um, for them but what we mainly saw and this was for the barriers but also the facilitators that the barriers and facilitators can be really context specific but also related to their autism symptomatology sure, yeah, yeah. that was yep. Yeah, I yeah. think um, a big conclusion in our uh, qualitative yeah. study. It's quite an it's an important point, isn't it? Because I know that in children that I've worked with, um, you know, you might be in a particular indoor setting that is quite loud because all the sound yes. bounces off the walls and the floors, <laughs> and uh, we haven't created an environment to enable that child to feel comfortable. Oh, and wonderful. of course, that's like a you know takes away from the pleasure of being there, doesn't it? So I guess yeah. that relates to what you guys have found as well yeah, yeah exactly so they say like for example in a sports club yeah. it's very often that they have to participate in um in a gym with many different sports um at the same time sure so there's yeah. too much people it's too crowded uh, the lights uh in the, in the gym um makes it difficult for mm. them um mm. but on the other hand they also mentioned to us like the facilitators that yes. it really helps them if their coach um really tries to yeah actually reduce those kind of barriers like um, a, a girl I, I remember that said like uh, putting screens in a big um, gym helped me that I know that this is our area of um, doing wow. our sports yes. and that they are less uh, that they have more concentration to focus on their group okay um, okay yeah, yeah. So it's or less overwhelming groups. to have this big area exactly and, and so small groups yeah. and if they try yeah. to reduce the noise that really helps sure. them to participate yeah. yeah well there's anything else that stood out to you from a facilitator's perspective you know I think that's obviously that's something that we can really jump onto and start to use in our practice was there anything else that really jumped out um Yeah, um, predictability and autonomy was something as well as pleasure experience ah. were very often reported. Like they really like that they <clears throat> know before, for example, the content of 
into physical education okay. class. Not or, a surprise. They are exactly, planned. or so that that it's like more like a routine, like maybe warm, warming up, then doing some exercises, um, okay. have a break, then doing um, another activity, cooling down. So that really helps okay. them, or yep. that they know before, just just the team of or the, or the content of of the um, the class of that day uh, is also something that they really what them really helps. Yeah. Also autonomy. So they're adolescents. And yes. I think That's they come through a lot. Really Choices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So they really yep. like that they can choose, um, for example, the exercise or sure. their, their peer partner to do an exercise sure. yep. or the type of activity during mm. an organized physical activity. So which type of physical activity they want to do during mm. leisure time. Mm. Um, that's something that really helps them. Yeah. And also uh, a good um, coach or a, a teacher really helps. And they said, like, if my coach um, can give me good instructions that I understand and also demonstrate activity, or if I know it's also a little bit related to their pre to predictability, if I know before that I can ask for extra help or for an extra explanation to the mm. teacher, that really helps me um, mm. to, to participate. So yeah. I think that teachers, coaches, physiotherapists can play an very important role in that that's wonderful um, so that they can feel comfortable and that they can also make an um yeah the activity um yeah more fun mm. uh more comfortable more mm. attractable um to them and i think if um teachers or physiotherapists or coaches can take into account um that they really like uh to to choose things like autonomy the predictability um that they yeah. can demonstrate things and give good instructions that it can already um yeah be very um very good for them to participate. That's amazing. I love that you've just summarized, you know, an area where, you know, you've, you've you brought out the important information from the consumers, the people that we talk yeah. to and say, we want you to be more physically active. And I guess for me, even hearing this, the take home is, if we're going to recommend being physically active, we need to be able to make sure that we know what the barriers and facilitators will be for that child yes. so that it's actually possible and we can therefore build their self-esteem and efficacy. Exactly, exactly. Mm. That's what, what we also um, mentioned in our in our paper, yeah. um, which is still under review, but I hope it's got accepted <laughs> Um, but that's what we mentioned, like um, caregivers and exercise professionals should be aware of the variety of barriers and facilitators yeah. they experience yeah. and should also try to explore this with the adolescent. And I think at an individual level, because we know that um, autism is a very heterogeneous population. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that it's very important to ask this to the uh, adolescent and um, yeah, so that they know like, okay, this adolescent experience these barriers um, yep. maybe I can reduce some of these yep. and these are the facilitators this can help them and I think that um, yeah exercise professionals and caregivers can play a very important role in that's that that's wonderful I feel like it's something that means that we can tackle you know it's it's no it's nothing too big if we can actually think about these processes and by doing so we are implementing best practice evidence-based um, research into what it is that we do so yeah exactly. well done congratulations on this body of work Thank you and so I know much. you've got a little bit more to go for your PhD <laughs> but I hope you enjoy the journey yeah definitely yeah. definitely and I'm really happy for this opportunity here and to Aww. be 
here at the conference. It's it's an amazing um, place to to network and to get inspired by all those amazing uh, researchers and clinicians. I agree. It's been so inspirational. And exactly. it's been so lovely to meet you. Let's Thank make you sure so we much. keep in touch. We'll make sure we track your work over time. Okay. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Um, to all my listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. Remember, you can head over to our website, researchworks.net. Um, we'll be putting as many links as we can there for you about some of the presentations that uh, occurred at this conference. But I hope you've been enjoying the series. I'll talk to you all again really soon. Bye.